Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. has finally ended <laughs> thank god but like it wasn't a heat wave because like a wave it was a heat tsunami yeah like a wave insinuates that it came and it went it came in march <laughs> and it's probably gonna come back tomorrow so did you see what that un rep said about um, global boiling <laughs> he kind of ate with that one i'm not gonna lie if you're unfamiliar some un rep came out and was like global warming is over global boiling has begun it was really ominous and i didn't like it I was like, hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it did what it needed to do. But I keep forgetting that I have long hair now. And I feel something, like, brush against my arm. And I, like, punch the air. And I realize it's my own hair. <laughs> That's so funny. I know. After I took my extensions out, I just, I feel like I'm grasping to play with something that isn't there. Like, I have phantom hair now. No, because, like, when I take my extensions out, um, I feel like part of my head's missing. Because I'm used to, like, the weight of it. Because yeah. I have a lot of extensions. And they're, like, 25 inches long. So I'm, like, my head feels like I got a weight on it. So when I take it off, I'm, like, something's <laughs> missing. I know. I'm literally so scarred by my last extension experience, which I talked about last episode. But I think the problem is, is I just need to get it done at a salon that specializes in, like, K-tips or something. And get, like, the best quality ones. Fork up the money. Maybe ask for it for, like, Christmas or something. And then go on from there, you know? Yes. And it's, like... <laughs> yes. No, I feel you. Because, like, I got curly extensions, and I keep forgetting. And I'm like, not me looking, I don't know, it's getting multiracial or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's so hot, they keep getting stuck to my neck. And I'm like, I don't know how people do this. Like, I need my bob back. My bob. Before we begin in anything that's actually notable or meaty in this episode, I really want to talk about Love Island. I understand not all of our listeners are watching Love Island right now. If you aren't, I'm personally judging you. Yeah. It's my personal duty as a citizen of the world to personally make every person a fan of a violin. If you don't like it, that means that you and I are not compatible as people. For sure. Not compatible as friends, not compatible as... As human beings existing in the same universe. (laughs) Yeah. It is so good. Obviously, right now we're on season 10 because that's the newest one. The finale is tonight. We're all very excited. I still have a lot of catching up to do. If you're a Love Island fan, you know what this is. I just got to Casa Amor. 
Um, if you don't know what Love Island is, first of all, you have to watch the UK version. If you watch any other version, you're doing it wrong. I think they, I think it goes in order of best to worst, so I've heard, because I've never watched US or Australia. I think it goes like UK, Australia, and then US in terms of like how entertaining it is, whatever, whatever. And I don't know if it's just because of like, it's their little accents, it's their little banta, it's their little chat. Like, I don't know what it is about Love Island UK, but it is just the best reality TV show I've ever watched. If you are looking for the best seasons to watch, I would recommend in this exact order, season five, season three, and season 10. Good starting yeah. points. Because like the last, they started doing like winter and summer, mm-hmm. like switch off seasons and whatever. But actually, Sarah is correct. I would literally say five, three, ten, seven. Seven. Are the best episodes, are the best seasons. But, um. I heard seven's good. It just like, it's funny because the Love Island USA season just started and I watched it and I was like, ew. I don't want to watch horny Americans do their thing on TV. I could walk out and touch grass and see that happen. So why would I want to see that on my television? I want the Brits. I want the language. I want the accents. I want the vibes. The vernacular. And I think what I've really learned these last few weeks of watching Love Island is that I need to move to the UK for a little bit. And then I'll come back wifed up. These men are really attractive that they're bringing on this season. And they're like, and sometimes other seasons I've been like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board Mm -hmm. and bring someone else's back. (laughs) But it's also, like, weird that we're at that age now where, like, when I used to watch it when I was younger, like, they were so much older than me that I was like, I don't get why they're acting so crazy. But, like, now half the cast is younger than me, or me and Sarah, and I'm like, I get it. Because if you had to date that in the wild, what would you be doing? But it is the only reality TV show that I like, and it's just so good. Yeah. Some girl came in this season from Casa Amor. She was, like, 19 years old. That was girl? like. She started college last, like, last fall. She was supposed to be on the last season, and she was like, no, I just moved into my dorm. And everyone's like, why is she acting like that and crying every episode? And I'm like, because she's a child. She's a teenager. She wasn't legally allowed to hold a bottle of alcohol until this year. And mind you, in America, she wouldn't be able to for another three years. And they drink all day, every day on this show. Of course she's crying every day, because she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad. Also, she's, like, not very close to any of the other cast members. No, she's not close to the single person on that show and doesn't get close to any of them. So I'm like... No. No, I feel so bad. And then, like... Well, I mean, sometimes it makes sense, though, because you have these... Ca- I don't know if this is just, like, a British thing, but you have some of these cast members on there, like, Jess, perfect example. She is 21 years old. She is a full two years younger than you and me. Almost, because my 23rd birthday is in, like, a week. And, <laughs> yeah, just plugging in my Leo, Leo season, but um, she looks like she's 35 years old. She looks not, like, in a bad way, just in a really, really mature, she's super tall, wet, like, she has all this Botox, like, in that kind of way. She looks like she's 35. You know what I mean? I don't mean that as an insult, just, like, it's objectively true. She looks like she's 35 years old. She's literally just 21. I have, like, a really big fear of, like, oh, I definitely will get plastic surgery at some point in my life. And not talking, like, major surgery. I'm talking about, like... I'll get, like, my jaw done. Yeah, like, actually, I don't really know because, you know, black don't crack in Asian no reason, so, like, I feel like I got good, good odds going for me. But maybe <laughs> I'll get, like, a little Botox or something. Just, like, you know, a little mommy makeover or whatever. Um, <laughs> sorry, I turned around with my mother. I'll get to that Speaking in a of your mother. Yeah, I'll get to yeah, that in yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, but it's crazy that, like, that's part of, so, like, ingrained in the culture. I think, obviously, in the UK, but I think also in the US as well, is that, like, so many of my friends were getting, like, lip flips and lip filler and their boobs done as a senior in high school. 18 years old. And, like, I'm all for, like, if you want to change something, do it. Like, I'm the biggest advocate of plastic surgery. Like, if you want to change it, do it. As long as you're going to, like, an accredited person who has a good reputation and, like, is not going to give you, like, 
health issues from doing it, I'm all for it. As long as you're transparent about it. I was just about to say, especially if you're a celebrity, you have to be transparent about it because then you're just so part of the problem. You're setting these unrealistic beauty standards that no one can achieve unless you have buttloads of money like you do. Like Kylie Jenner single-handedly popularized lip fillers and lip injections for girls in the U.S. Like by herself, hands down. And it's crazy to me because like in my brain, I don't get how lip filler works. Because, like, I think about it and I watch the videos and I'm like, do your lips just, like, expand, like, the skin? And that really scares me. But I'm all for plastic surgery. But it's just, like, as long as you're transparent about it. I think that's one thing I love about Love Island is that everyone who goes on that show ends up being an influencer. Like, that's just, like, the model of being Love Island contestant in 2023. Like, that's just how it works. And almost every single girl on that show is under the age of 25 and has heavy plastic surgery and they don't really ever talk about it but I will say I do credit Molly May because like she's probably the most famous person that's been on Love Island ever she's like literally a millionaire now from it and she has like an entire series on YouTube about how she felt so much pressure to get like her lips done her cheeks done filler done whatever at so young like in her like 19 20 21 because it was so popular in culture and like she's going to Love Island and like that's what people do and she got all of it dissolved after the show. And she, like, takes you through the process of, like, how that happens, like, what it looks like, does it hurt, et cetera. So, like, I appreciate her being so transparent and, like, I was say candorous. It's not a word. Candid. Having candor. Candid. Yes, that's a word. <laughs> about her process. I think, like, that's what girls need to see is that, like, people do do this stuff. They do get things changed. But you don't have to look like that because it's not real, you know? Because I feel like if I was in, like, sixth or seventh grade right now with TikTok, girl, I was already insecure with, like, having Tumblr. Because, like, that was when, like, the leg gap or thigh gap was, like, the big thing. I can imagine having, like, an entire app dedicated to, like, unrealistic beauty standards. And, like, having to navigate, like, not being the European beauty standard. But also realizing that, like, that's not real. For me, it was, like, Tumblr and Wattpad. Because those POV stories would start... He he ran my he ran his hands through my long, beautiful blonde long hair. blonde hair and like ran his fingers down my waist, which is as skinny as a twig, just like stuff like that, you know. Or that's more funny. Imagine reading that as like because some of them them are like they call them YN stories, like yeah, enter your name here. Yeah. Imagine being a, like a twelve year old black girl who's obsessed with One Direction, and every single story was I put my long blonde with brunette <laughs> low shadow roots hair into a messy bun I looked into my blue orbs and I'm like okay well you lost me there you know (laughs) and you wrote wait this is actually really funny because in the fanfic you wrote you um described yourself not how you look at all right it was yeah right because I know that like that's what would get yeah because I know what what would get attention because like think about this I think it translates in a lot of different contexts and I knew this from a very young age as a black girl I follow a bunch of white influencers. Probably the majority of who I follow are white influencers just because, like, that's what comes up on my page. Of course, I make a conscious effort to follow all black creators because, like, obviously we have the same skin tone. We have the same, like, makeup interests. We have the same, like, body types, whatever. So I obviously connect with them more. But, like, all of my, like, Alex Earl, for example, all of my black friends follow her. That's just, like, what it is. That's just, like, she's oh, popular or whatever. But, like, all of the really big black creators that we follow, none of my white friends follow. And that's not like it's like a bad thing, but it's like, I think that black girls have been assimilated or kind of forced to assimilate to realize that like, that's what's popular. And if you want to know the trend, you have to follow those girls. That's never happened in reverse. Like I would take beauty advice from a white girl, but some white girls might not take that from a black girl. And it's a weird way that that's like 
transpire. But I think it's the same thing with like reading stories. Like almost every romance novel I read, I know the main character is white. Even if they don't mention it, because the, on the cover she will be white. I've already had to like make my brain realize like, okay, if I read this book in my perspective, she's gonna be a black girl. But like, if there's a novel where the main character is black, it's more likely that people aren't gonna buy it unless they're black. So I think I've noticed that from a very young age, and that's why I did that. Yeah, that's really sad that it was so ingrained in you at such a young age as well obviously um but i know we have to not to like change topics but <laughs> miss miss tammy miss miss mother of the mothers has My requested mother. that they yeah sydney's mother sorry i should have specified needs something to be done in this podcast episode so if you're listening miss tammy this one's for you i often forget <laughs> that my parents listen to this podcast. So I do speak open and freely. And before I issue this redaction that my mother has now forced me to post, she literally called me and was like, Sydney Jordan Winter, like, get on that podcast right now and apologize to me. So I'm going to preface it with this. This is uh, what I said was true. That's how I took it because, and I would read it word for word, but I appreciate deleting our messages <laughs> for storage purposes. But I was just saying how frustrated I was in my group chat with my mom and my sister that like, like there's are no good men left like I feel like no matter what like in terms of dating I have to give up one of my like hard requirements so I can't find a guy who's like you know tall attractive has a good job is educated supports me and like doesn't feel emasculated by me wanting to be ambitious like I haven't found a guy that marks off all of those things and my mom was like sometimes and this is verbatim what she said sometimes you have to take a guy who's a seven and make him a ten on your own like you have to add to him. And I was like, Mom, I'm not a charity. I'm not a nonprofit organization, a 501c3 government-funded organization. Like, I am not going to take a man and build him. I'm not – I have no interest in doing that. Like, I'm not building a boyfriend. So we had, like, a debate about it. I took that as a seven, meaning, like, he's lacking qualities that I want. I don't, I'm not talking about style. I mean, like, maybe he's short or he's a little bit broke. And I have to, like, be the one to, like, help him reach his potential. Or a little bit disloyal or a little bit... Like, I'm not a life coach. Yeah. My mom claims that she meant it as, like, maybe he has a great job, he's a doctor, but he doesn't dress very well and wears glasses, and, like, I show him contacts and, like, give him good style. I'm going to do that regardless, because I know it can elevate them, whatever, but, like, I have such hard requirements that you need to meet for it to be, like, in a relationship with me. So I took the message differently than my mom intended it and she thinks I made her sound crazy so she wants you to claim that she meant like style elevate their style make them like have more swagger is what she claimed to say so sorry mom for interpreting that (laughs) wrong but that's how I took it (laughs) I just remember the other day being in an uber on the way to my boyfriend's house and I'm just going through Times Square which is a ridiculous place for this and uh I get a call from Cindy's mom and she's like Sarah I was, I have a bone to pick with my daughter. And I was like, oh my God. She was like, I was listening to the podcast and she described the situation. So she said, you make sure she apologizes to me. I was like, oh goodness. I was like, I don't think anyone remembers that besides you, but yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I was laughing so hard. Um, yeah, she was very passionate about it. So, okay. Now that that is over with, now that that is done, we love you, Miss Tammy. You are the official mom of the podcast along with mine. And that's moving on. Mother. A mother. Um, the true dead mother of the body of crying in public. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. What is the topic of this episode? I forgot. Being soft. Okay, so this topic kind of comes from Love Island because there is the best character on the show this season. Her name is Whitney, and the reason why I like her is because I know I'd be friends with her if I met her, like, outside. But also I feel like we have similar personality traits in the sense that like we have very big personalities, like we're very vocal about our opinions. We're both ambitious and like business women. So like I relate to her as that, also like being a black woman. And everyone on the show has a bone to pick with her about her being vocal about her opinion. Mind you, everyone is. That's the they're in a villa for twenty four hours a day. Of course people are gonna talk about their opinions. And so she meets this guy and all the girls are suddenly like, I love the change like he's made for you. Like he's making you soft. 
And for some reason, that, like, really, really bothered me because my friends said the same thing about me in my last, like, little tryst is that I was, like, becoming soft because I was, like, sending him emojis and, like, being mushy-gushy and, like, I guess, yeah, it's soft. But I started thinking more about, like, that word in the context of women in general because, like, there was a whole trend last year where girls were, like, I want the soft life, which is, like, fine because it's in a different context. But I think this whole thing of, like, wanting women to embrace quote-unquote embrace their softness at the same time using softness as the like derogatory word for a man like why are you so soft I hate that like women can't just like be happy in a relationship why do you have to be soft in order to show that like you're with the right partner you know yeah also it's like why are you soft in a relationship and you can't be soft in other aspects as well it's like what you were talking about the soft girl life trend involves going on 6 a.m. walks and just having a very peaceful lifestyle so it's it's very weird how that's often compared to relationships as well because it's like when you're in a relationship yeah of course you are going to be more romantic towards that person why does that mean that you're soft it kind of reminds me of how how we say to men like you're being a p-word when that is used to describe female genitalia if that makes sense like I don't know why but that reminds me of like the whole thing or it's like if you're being um abrasive an asshole you're like oh you're being a dick right now do you know what I mean it's like it's very very um controversial and like not not controversial it's very very contradictory like opposite whatever like women give birth through there so I'm like yeah so why you cry with someone accidentally flicks it so like what are you comparing it to human I mean when you get kicked in the balls what do you do you cry you like get on the ground you literally cannot function for the next hour and a half of your life but women can birth children the size of freaking fire hydrants out of their vaginas yet that like human life is literally created inside a woman yet that is what is used to describe people who are being soft i think it's funny like in like 1650 like some man was in a fight and he was like you are a vagina (laughs) and like the whole saloon was like whoa the saloon and then people stopped shooting each other (laughs) and that's how i imagine that like phrase came to be but, like, I'm not even kidding. Like, dictionary.com, is that the leading source in dictionaries? I don't really know. They got the the website title, so I guess they're, like, good, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, dis- they um, define soft girl as, soft girl is a fashion style popular among young women on social media based on a deliberately cutesy and feminine look. It often features pink and yellow colors, floral and heart patterns, oversized sweaters and plaid skirts, and heavy blush makeup. Being a soft girl may also involve a tender, sweet, and vulnerable personality. So you like pink. What does it have to do with being soft? Because I think it also insinuates that if you aren't like that, you're hard. And I'm like, I will say, like, I subscribe to the idea of, like, I want a soft life in the sense that, like, I don't want undue stress or burdens or, like, to spend, like, my whole life fighting. And, like, like I just want to be able to, like, relax for a long period of my life. Like, that I subscribe to. But I think that, like being called soft in relation to a relationship with the man i think it undercuts the fact that like i'm also strong i've been through a lot i've healed from trauma like all this stuff i feel like it negates all of that because i'm happy for the first time like why do i have to be considered like weak or soft or like overly vulnerable because i'm like wanting to get like past that part of my life yeah and i feel that it's often Um, revered in women to be soft in that way towards relationships but it's often ridiculed when it's directed at men who are in relationships you know with the word whipped like oh my god I just got you whipped like 
you want to spend your weekend with her oh like you're so boring you're not for the you're not for the men anymore like no 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 you know it's it's so crazy how it's it's literally nuts and I have been in I think four relationships in total including the one that I'm in and in every single one my boyfriend's guy friends have had something to say about him being whipped or soft or whatever you know when he wants to just like hang out with me one day a week so weird. I think that is such weird behavior. I think that's fangirl behavior. I think that's jealous behavior. I think you're insecure about like your relationships or you can't get any. I just, I really do think it's more of an insecurity thing than anything, but it is coming across in a really derogatory way towards women in general as well. I think especially, me and Sarah were talking about this um, a little bit earlier is that, okay, for example, like there are two people on Love Island with, like, very similar personalities in some aspects. Like, Whitney, who I was talking about earlier, is, like, obviously a black girl. She's, like, outspoken. She's vocal. She's opinionated. Whatever. Are you going to compare her with Molly? Because oh, Molly's really outspoken. Don't start well. on Molly. She's so annoying. Okay. Um, with Tyreek. Oh, who oh, Who is, oh. like, oh, I can't stand him. He is, like, the ringleader of the men. Like, the men will literally ask him for permission to, like, go kiss a girl. I'm like, is he your father? And then they'll do it. They'll, they'll do, do it. Whatever he tells He'll them. be like, go kiss that girl. I'm like, okay. I'm like, is he your, literally, the leader of the scouts? Like. <laughs> is he your den father? And I've seen so many people, mostly non-black women, on Twitter, like, drag Whitney and calling her angry and all this stuff. So then, like, the fact that now that she's with someone she's happy with and, like, she's not necessarily quieter. I think she spends more time with her couple than, like, other couples. Um, people are like, oh, now she's getting soft. Like, she's finally been, like, tamed by her man. Is she a lion? Like, and it has to, in my head, I think it plays into, like, some notion of her being, like, a quote-unquote angry black woman. Because, like, watching, like, non-black women on podcasts, like, debating her behavior and being like, oh, I'm so glad she's been tamed now. Like, the man put her in her place. Like, all this stuff. And I think about, like, how it's being used for me in the same context. And it really bothers me. I don't know what it is. So I, it's my mission to literally like yell at everyone on Twitter, and I'm like, "That's not the that. <laughs> I know. I feel like we talk about things that are going on in Twitter um, in every podcast episode, but I think it's good because Twitter is where mo- people are most opinionated. I feel like because everyone goes on TikTok to fuck around. Everybody goes on Instagram to look pretty, but people go on Twitter to state their opinion constantly. So I think that's it's good that you bring that up. Um, yeah, with with the whole thing with like just in general being like, oh my god, um, for both men and women, it's like, oh, you're being tamed by your relationship, or like your relationship has changed you. I first of all, I don't think that a relationship should ever change who you are as a person, and I don't think that that's what's happening on Love Island. The fact that I think people are thinking that is also where another problem lies. It's like not only are they being like, oh my god, you're being you're being calmed down by your boyfriend, which is something in general. Like even if it was true, that's controversial, but it's not true. You know, it's like. I in my I've um I know I'm a little bit behind on Love Island, but I've seen Whitney with her man like for a couple episodes now, and I don't really think she's changed that much at all. Like at I think, all, I I don't know where people are getting this from, and I think the fact that they're being drawn to this conclusion is messy in itself. Like first of all, why does she need to be calmed down? I think Whitney's the best character on the show, or the best cast member that is not character, and also like. I just think that it's so expected for, like, women to have a boyfriend and then stay home all the time, become homebodies, like, change who they are, like, for this man. And because that is such an expected, uh, like, standard, I think people just start to see what they want to see. Same with men, except just in a different way. Like, that's revered with women, and with men, it's kind of ridiculed. It's like, 
men see their guys wanting to spend more time with their girl, wanting to cook them dinner and do like household chores for them, just stuff like that, stuff that would usually traditionally be considered like the women's job or the women's role. They see men doing stuff like that because hello, we're in 2023 and they get all mad and they make fun of him and it's just really, it's not cool. And that like brings you to two other points, also love I'm related, is that oh my God. <laughs> yes. in the past, the couple who wins has always been a girl who's been loyal to the guy for the entire like 10 weeks of the show or eight weeks of the show with a guy who was like a player at first and like got with all these different girls, had all these different couples and then was tamed and changed. It's like this arc of like playboy to loyal boy or whatever. But whenever there are like genuinely nice guys on the show, the first thing I see is, oh, he's a simp. He doesn't really like her. Like he's so soft. Is he gay? Like all this stuff. And I'm like, why have we associated like good behavior or like being a good partner to being weak? Like, I don't care if a man's a simp. He should be. You should be obsessed with me, actually. So That's what Whitney says. <laughs> like, why would I want to be with a man who's mean to me? And the fact that we've, like, regularized, regularized? We've normalized, normalized, like, men treating us like crap as, like, them actually wanting us. And that goes back so far. Like, think about when we're, like, four or five and our moms are like, oh, is he being mean to you on the playground? That means he likes you. Why are men, like, conditioned to use, like, violence and meanness and nastiness is a way to convey that they like someone i'm good be nice to me why do I, like i will say and it's a toxic thing that like i am attracted to guys who like i have to chase a little bit or like who are very like back and forth with me is that's because i'm what i'm used to so i'm like once i get out of that like pattern when i tell you i want something so normal and easy like, i don't have to fight every week to like get your attention or stay with you it all starts in the third grade when a little boy chases you around the playground. You go home crying because he like pushed you face first in the dirt, and your mom's like, "Oh my god, he, that means he has a crush on you." Like, what are you even talking about? Like, it's so crazy because not only do women look for that kind of what is it? Not derogatory, but it's it's not it's not the word I'm talking about. It's like, what is it when you have like a blank sense of humor? Like crass. Yeah, but it's like a um, it's like a degrading sense of humor. Like you're making fun of yourself. What's that oh, self degradation. Self deprecation. What did we say? Degradation. Degradation. Like degrading. Yeah, or just like a self yeah self deprecative sense of humor. Just either one of those words, I guess, can apply. Some relationships are like that as well, and it, they can get really like physical. Like play fighting, for example, can go way too far, and like words can get a little heated or just, you know what I mean? Like men think they can kind of push you around because that's what they've been taught to do. That's what's been normalized. And I swear to God, all starts in the third. And I feel like this is such a unionized experience. This happened to every single woman I've ever met in my entire life. It's like, we get really upset that our crush or that a boy chased us around the playground and like pushed us or like even got physical with us or is being mean to us. And our parents were like, oh my God, don't worry. That means he likes you. Like, that's so cute. What are you talking about? Yeah, they're like, oh, a little crush. What? Like maybe little Matthew is a little psychopath. Yeah. Because why are you pushing girls' head in the dirt for fun? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It all begins there. And then, yeah, I don't know. I just think that, and I don't think, like I think it has a lot to do with how men are brought up in a lot of cases because we were raised, Sydney and I are both 23, we have been raised by this generation where this behavior is extremely, extremely, extremely normalized. And so while we are working to completely deconstruct those boundaries and those um, like stereotypes that are just not so good and it's not how you should build a relationship, while we work to you know de- kind of deconstruct those, it's really sad because it is always in the back of our mind like, he's mean to me because he likes me, which makes zero sense. 
And like I'm going back to like attachment styles. I'm anxious avoidant or like I'm kind of always waiting for the shoe to drop for me to leave relationship because like I'm scared it's going to happen. It's not like a matter of is it going to happen, but when is it going to happen? So I'm never going to be that girl that's like soft and in love and happy and like picking off daisies and those things that you blow. Dandelions. Dandelions. Guess what? We have anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. Like I have chronic anxiety. I'm not getting rid of that once I meet someone that like will give me attention. So I hate that that's like considered to be the standard right now. And also like... I hate this thing that TikTok has where, like, they feel the need to name everything. Like, latte girl, ooh girl, ah girl. Clean girl. Disco girl, clean girl. Girl, you stuck your hair back with gel. What has that to do with being clean? (laughs) So this, like, need to categorize and name everything. And honestly, the things that they're naming are all the same. Clean girl, soft girl, visco girl. Like, those are all the same thing. I hate that, like, you have to be categorized as something. I think it just leads to further like insecurities about like why am I not this way why am I not seen as like a clean aesthetic etc I feel like it's also obviously guys have categories too that they're placed in but I feel like it's so prominent specifically on social media to do that with women to totally just place them in categories like even I've noticed that like I feel like in the LGBTQ community gay men only have two categories really that you could fit in essentially Women have, like, 14,000. You know, like, oh, the mask lesbian or, like, the whatever. You know, it's, like, literally 14 categories. And I don't know whether or not, like, we do it to ourselves or the outside world does it to us. But it is just really – it feels like I have a perfect place to be. And if I'm not there at all times and I'm not succeeding as a woman or my femininity is not up to par – it's just always this, like, pedestal you're trying to climb and put yourself on. Everybody go watch the Barbie movie right now. It's, like, this place where I'm constantly trying to climb to get to. Um, but society standards are always just out of reach because that's society for you. You know, we want everybody to be something that we can never have in real life. It's true. Especially with women. And it's, like, the people that hated Barbie. We already talked about this. I'll make it brief yeah they're like it's a man hating movie <laughs> and i'm kind of like you missed the whole point because there's literally an entire scene where barbie was talking to ken and she was like i don't want to be with you right now because right now your identity is tied to me and you're being held down in two ways one by like you thinking that like you only and kin like attached to Barbie as a boyfriend, but also that like you guys are all beholden to like these tip- stereotypical ideas of what men are supposed to be like riding horses and Mojo Dojo Casta House and all this stuff. Like find out who you are outside of those labels. And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "It just <laughs> went all. It went straight over all of the men's head." I think so. But for me, I thought that was just as powerful as like the moments where she realizes like, "Oh, patriarchy, whatever." Yeah, you know? exactly. I also thought that. The part that I really liked best in the Barbie movie actually happened really early on, like before she learned all of her lessons and before Ken did too. But one thing that I really liked that Barbie did was Ken was like, and it wasn't supposed to be a funny bit, but it's the thing she said afterwards that stuck with me. She was like, she was like, oh, you know, nothing much is going on with me tonight. I'm just throwing like a bespoke party with all of the other Barbies and choreographed dances, choreographed dances, whatever. And then Ken is like, awesome. Can I come over? She's like, sure. He's like, Barbie, can I stay the night? She's like, why? he goes, because we're boyfriend and girlfriend. She goes, to do what? He's like, I don't really know. But I want to come over anyway. Like, can I, can I stay after the party? She was like, no. He was like, why? 
Like, there had to be a reason. Yeah. She was like, because I don't want you to. And then turned around and walked away. I love that for I her. I love that for her. Oh, it was so good. Such a great, such a great line and such a great movie because we, as women, I feel like are also expected to always give a reason An excuse. for saying no. Like, I've been on my period for, like, six months. Yeah. But, like, oh, and so okay? I tell... <laughs> No, like, actually. I mean, that's what I say. I'd be like, oh, wow. Oh, my, t- oh, I thought my you tum-tum meant- hurt. Sorry. I thought you meant you literally were on your period. So I was like, oh. Well, like, it's crazy to me that, like, I can't go on a date and just, ex- and, like, expect to go home and be fine with that. Like, I don't have to, like, practice an excuse in the Uber ride over there because I don't want to do that on the first date, you know? So I hate that that's, like, expected. But also, like, if I say, like, like, Julia, I don't want to. Or, like, I'm on period. They're like, well, like, they start complaining and, like, trying to convince me otherwise. And I'm like, take no as no. And I think that, like, I like that we're teaching that in schools now or, like, in sex ed, like, no means no. Mm-hmm. But we really need to do is, is say that, like, no doesn't just mean no. Like, no can also be said in ways like I'm not feeling well tonight or like I'm not comfortable doing this or like maybe let's not like it might not be seen as like or given as a hard no but it still means no yeah I think that's the reason why there's so much like blurring between men being like oh I didn't do anything to her I just convinced her if you have to convince like it's a no yeah and if it's not an enthusiastic yes it is a no also if it's not an answer if there's no answer that means no does that you know and I, I like that too I completely agree um but I think that culture is ridiculous and Two things. One, to add to your point, it's so funny how, like, if Cindy and I are in a really bad day that we want to get out of, like, both when we were um, single Pringles, we would literally text each other under the table, call me, saying you're throwing up on the side of the street and I have to come get you. Do you know we would have to come up with this elaborate excuse just to save someone's ego? But mostly, most of the time, it's not just to save a man's ego. It's to save ourselves physically, you know, because it's like... If you directly tell a guy no, even at a club, like if a guy in a club asks for your number and he's like seven feet tall, saying no to him could actually put you in physical danger. Hi, I would know. Do you know what I mean? It's like as a woman in New York City, we have all, you know what they say, it's not all men, but it is all women. Like we've all been through that experience where we've tried to be like, it's not going to happen. And we have either, we just gotten a negative um, outcome out of the situation, whether it's like assault or whatever. But another thing is that I don't like how when you do give that excuse, sometimes that is not even enough. That's why it's like saying, no, I don't find you attractive directly to someone's face doesn't work half the time because you know what else doesn't work half the time? I have a boyfriend. I have a husband. I don't swing that way. I can't understand you right now. I'm hanging out with my girlfriends. It's like half the time the excuse doesn't even work when you're trying to like maintain your safety. So why would no work? You know, that might make them even angrier. Yeah. And like going back to a conversation earlier, I read this article, um, on why we should all resolve to be softer. And it's like written by like a relationship quote, coach in question, or quotation marks. I would like to say, can you just like name yourself a coach? Like, do you have like a certification? <laughs> I think you have to have a certification, yeah. Cause I know, for example, I know it's not the same thing, but live coaches. I think if you charge for one-on-one coaching sessions or even group coaching sessions, like if you're gonna charge for advice, you have to have certification in some aspect. Are we, think. are we sure on that? Because I feel like people just, I'm be, call, pretty people, sure. people just be calling themselves. Like, I'm a – like, I know some nutritionists, like, you're supposed to have a nutrition, like, master's. But think about how many girls on TikTok are like, pay me to build you a meal plan. Like, girl, what is your – you are skinny. Yes. That's your only qualification. Oh, you know what? You're right. Because, like, life coaches, I couldn't ever get a life coach because I know you don't have your shit together. And if you do, it's probably off luck. So, you're not – unless you are a licensed therapist that can tell you what's wrong with me – 
I can't do it. Also, it's so funny because therapists, what I found from personal experience is that therapists and people who are related to therapists are the people who do not have their shit together the most. Like, they're in their room with their couch telling their patients to take X, Y, and Z medication, to breathe deep, to, like, count to 10 in their head before they speak, to stop drinking, to stop whatever. And they are out doing all this toxic shit in their own lives and teaching their kids to do toxic shit. Like I know from experience that just because you are a licensed therapist, even if you are licensed, even if you have your master's, even if you have your doctorate and you're out here telling people one thing, I know for a fact you're doing the opposite behind closed doors. I know, I just know it in my heart. It's like if I see like a doctor vape, I'm like, yo, yo, what's going on here? Um, now I will say my ex, his mom and his sister were both therapists and like they were such nice people and like they both have like very long term like met when they were 10 relationships. But he, I feel like maybe they therapized him so much as a kid. Like, how do you feel about that? That like he reverted so badly in his adulthood where like he can't communicate a single thought or emotion without like yelling. Anyway. Um, this article was like, why we should all resolve to be softer. And in talking about how to be soft or like what soft means, the person was basically like, it's a way of showing like love and affection and vulnerability. Shouldn't you do that anyway? Yeah. Like, I don't think that necessarily should be categorized as like, oh, by doing so, I'm becoming softer. But like for me, it's like, no one will ever describe my personality as soft i'm loud abrasive brash like that's just my personality and i hate to think that like i can simultaneously be like loud and opinionated and voice my thoughts emotions whatever at the same time also be like nurturing and caring and passionate romantic like those things can coexist and they do because i'm a water sign i'm a cancer also you're human i just think again you know talking about categorizing women, people forget that women are so multifaceted, just like men are. Does that make sense? So I agree. I think that just because you see me also act a different way does not mean that I am transitioning into like a different person or becoming someone different or changing my entire personality. It just means like while I can cut a bitch for cutting me in line, I can also, you know what I mean, like make my boyfriend dinner one night if I want. And that's my thing is like, I've internalized, and like I think the reason why it is dangerous is because people t- internalize it. Like for me, you guys all know like my long term relationship it was just bleh, a lot going on. <laughs> and so many times I thought like, am I in some way the problem because like I am so opinionated and like if I get disrespected, I'm gonna stick up for myself. Like, am I the issue in the sense that I don't let things pass? I'm not soft and pleasant and happy and like all the time like you see on these like. TikTok relationships where people are like getting up, making the bed, making her husband coffee and breakfast, and like, like I have like I'm gonna be working a career where, like I'm not gonna be able to do that for my person all the time, nor would I necessarily want to. But like, something in my head was like, is it my fault that like I'm not soft enough or like passive enough for this relationship to work? Like, do I need to do that in the future? I think part of that is why I was like that in my most recent situationship where I was so, like, lovey-dovey and sending kissy emojis and, like, oh, my God, good morning, good night. Like, I've never been that person. Part of me thinks it was because it was the first time I let myself, like, really trust someone, like, after going through all that stuff with my exes and, like, feeling comfortable enough to, like, be quote-unquote soft again. At the same time, I thought if I made myself seem, like, more demure and, like, more passive, like, they could see me more so as a girlfriend. 
obviously not because it didn't work out but like I'm now still stuck in that cycle again where it's like should I be softer should I be like less myself to make myself seem like more girlfriend material you know hey girlfriends it's me Carol Fisher I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends in season one we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend Bob At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I completely agree. I went through something similar, but not the same. I felt myself, for my ex in particular, sacrificing. And also because we were long distance, so like I would go above and beyond to sacrifice my time and energy. Like I missed, I can't count the amount of like, events fashion weeks like even birthdays here and there to go and like visit my long distance boyfriend and like I just was going above above and beyond to sacrifice what made me me 
because like for example my ex didn't understand why fashion week was so important he didn't understand why like events in new york city was so important to me in my career and stuff he always felt like his stuff should be prioritized because he for like his job was an engineer and like he went to a big state school so it's just very like it, it was different lives and i don't think we ever fully understood each other in that way but i just remember i never expected him to sacrifice any of his stuff it was always just me I feel like giving 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 because I also wanted to seem like the perfect girlfriend in a very traditional way when in reality it's like no my shit is just as important even if you don't understand fashion even if you don't understand influencing even if you don't understand content creation podcasting my friends whatever it's like my stuff is just as important because I'm also a human like just because I'm a woman and I like makeup and stuff that doesn't mean I'm like lesser than which I think is coded a lot in society. Like, even if you call someone soft, you're not automatically think or like whipped or whatever. Like, if you're joking around with your buddies and you're like, oh my God, you're whipped. Blah, blah, blah. Obviously, you're not trying to be harmful. You probably do not have malicious intent or malintent. But I would, I think the whole point of this episode is Sydney and I just urging you to look at what you say a little bit more and just see how coded it is. Look at the, um, like, what is it? What am I trying to say? Look at the um, look at the manifest content behind your wording because just because it doesn't seem a certain way, it can actually have um, bad repercussions or just like it can change someone's mindset and just have like consequences in general. So just be conscious of what you say in terms of like this specific topic. I think also people don't realize like how much effect it has on you mentally because this was my thing and I kept thinking about this a lot actually is that I'm portraying myself, like, I'm not saying I was being fake, like, it is who I am at my core, but I found myself repressing, like, opinions, or, like, trying to be too loud, or, like, too boisterous, like, when we're out, and things like that, just, like, to make myself seem, like, more, I'm like, I love flowers, I'm a girl, I'm not that kind of person at all, but, do you like getting flowers? No, they think they smell Me so neither, bad, and they I just die, them. like, they remind me of my own death. Yeah, but then men are always, like, all women love flowers, I'm like, I like, I like the gesture. And if they're like roses, that's fine. But like, please spray them before you come into my house. The, ugh, they smell so bad to me. I think if you're going to give me a kind gesture, I think you should know me well enough to know what I would actually consider to be like something that I like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the gesture can only go so far, you know? Like I understand if we just like, it's our second date, you want to bring me flowers. Great. You probably don't know that I don't like flowers. I appreciate that gesture. Yeah. But like, yeah, at this point, Give me something that you know I'm going to love, for sure. Anyway, yeah. Granted, I've never gotten flowers. I actually have gotten flowers once, and it was on Valentine's Day, and he brought them to the restaurant in a CVS bag. And the CVS was, like, next door to the restaurant. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to appreciate that you gave me any gesture at all, even if it was, like, two minutes before you came here. But, um... That's so funny. Yeah, I think that, like, the issue with that is, like, of course, at my heart, I'm, like, the sweet little girl who loves to, like, listen to music and, like, prance around in skirts and stuff like that, whatever. But, like, there's so many different layers to me that, like, I feel like I was having to suppress to try and, like, make myself seem more, like, appeasable. But um, do you know how, like, so let's say, like, I did, that did work, and, like, we're dating. But now I can't, like, be myself or, like, fully myself because I've portrayed myself to be one way for so long. Yeah, when does the mask come off? So it's, like, I think keeping up, like, charades, that's one thing. And, like, that's why I hate about all these TikTok trends that are, like, clean girl, like, oh, my God, be a soft woman, soft life, whatever. Life is not soft all the time. Like, life is hard. So, like, this whole thing that you can, like, retire at 25 and, like, prance around the world and your life will be so happy and you'll be getting Chanel backs from random men, like, that's not reality. Like, 
I think part of growing up and like learning about yourself and like growing and evolving, like getting to a place where you can be like genuinely happy is like dealing with hardships. So I think trying to repress those and act like they don't exist or happen is part of the issue. Yeah. I also just think the dichotomy is so funny. Why do you either have to be soft or hard? Like, why is that the, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just human. Yeah. It's just those two, like, descriptive words I find very interesting. Like, why are you hard if you're single and then soft if you're in a relationship? Why are you soft if you like to have acai bowls in the morning but hard if you like eggs? Or don't eat breakfast. Like, I don't understand. You know what I mean? And they're only ever used to describe women. Like, for yeah. men, it's like you're either a man or you're a simp. Yeah, or and, like, a P word. Simp is like... You made your girlfriend breakfast. You got her dinner. You said, I love you. Bare and then they're like, like, ill. You're treating her right. <laughs> so I'm like, that. So, like, that stuff is what I don't understand. I feel like that cuts both ways because now, like, the kind of man I want is a simp, someone who respects me and treats me right, prioritizes me, and is a nice person. But God forbid his male friends are like, dude, you're not disrespecting her. Like, that not only hurts me, but also reinforces this idea that, like, I need to be, like, silent about things like that and like it's okay if I don't get that because I don't want to upset him like no I'm gonna say what I want to get if I don't receive that from my partner then you shouldn't be my partner yeah I have a story but I'm gonna disclaim it with something and that is when you are not exclusive or dating somebody you can do whatever you want at least that is in my eyes it's like if we are just going on dates I do not expect you to be exclusive or act like my husband that's number one so, it, like, if you're going to come at me after the story being like, no, you, you can't expect him to be obsessed with you from day one. Okay, first of all, yes, I can. Yes. Second of all, second of all, I am going into this story with the, like, premise that I don't, like, I'm not expecting you to be loyal to me if we're not, if we didn't make that clear. Anyway, I went out, this was, like, last year with a bunch of my guy friends from back home. I'm from Philly. I don't know if this is just, like, a Philly ting, but anyway, we went out clubbing and my friend was just starting to get in a relationship. One of my guy friends was just starting to get in a relationship. They weren't exclusive. They were not dating. They were not married, whatever. But they, he was really starting to like her. And he was thinking about having that conversation. We go out. It's like me, my girlfriend, and the rest, like six guy friends. So just like setting the scene for you. We go out. And this girl is like all up on this guy, like very flirty with him. And he's not giving her anything back. And one of my other guy friends looked at him and was like, why aren't you, like, she's so attractive. Why aren't you hopping on this? Whatever. Already controversial. And then he was like, well, because I really like X, Y, and Z, I'm not trying to ruin anything, whatever. And he was like, well, you know, like, you're such a simp. Like, you're whipped. He used the whip word in particular. He's like, you're being so whipped right now. Like, you guys aren't even dating, blah, 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 blah. I think that ideal is so crazy because, like, yeah, you're allowed to do whatever you want to do if you're not dating, I guess. But even then, it's like... If he doesn't want to do it, again, why does he have to give an excuse? He just doesn't want to do it. Don't make fun of him for it. And two, it's like, God forbid he actually likes a woman and doesn't want to ruin what he already has. Like, he doesn't want to ruin a good thing just because, not even because of any label, because he likes her. And that is maybe all he really needs as a reason. It's just so annoying that, like, that was not a good enough reason to not hook up with this random girl at a club. Do you know what I mean? So nuts. And, like, what I was going to say was actually offensive. And then I did the work in my brain to realize that it was. And I'm so glad that I did that. Because my thing was, like, why do men have to have, like, their friends' approvals to do actually anything? Like, are, are, are they hiding? Like, are you, like, in a trench coat and he's hiding under you, like, telling you what to do? <laughs> like, like, Remy, like, literally pulling on your hair. <laughs> do you see that video of um, 
that block party in Brooklyn and there's like a rat and they're bumping. Yay, yeah, yeah. Really and they're like, like hanging out with the rat yeah. and they're all circling him so the rat can't escape. I was like, oh, okay. So funny. No, it's true. I mean, and guys love to make fun of women for traveling in packs to go to the bathroom together and stuff. Boy, you're basing your life decisions off what your friends think of you. Is it really that deep? And like, I will say, because like part of me was like, maybe that's like double faceted because women do that too like I text my friends the minute anything happens but it's different because I don't listen to my friends that's the thing I will be like Sarah and Chance give me advice they're like don't do it and I'm like okay and then I do it no and then no she won't even be like I'm gonna do it she'll text us after she's already done it yeah and be like guess what I did I just wanted to be reassured of my decision like I'm gonna do what I want to do at the end of the day she I wants validation. want validation yeah it's like that's the thing it's we I interact and I guess this is definitely specific to me in my circle I don't know about any of y'all's but like my circle and I kind of speak to each other to get advice and validation and that's it, you know? And I feel like guys, most guys travel in their circles in ways where it's like, what should I do? Do this. Okay, got it. You know what I mean? It's very, and I feel like this is especially common in like sports groups. Like all my jockey friends who are in high school jockey. listen to, yeah, jockey, like jocks. Oh, I thought in jockey, like, the people that ride on horses and hit oh, the no, ball. Oh, no, no. Like, like, jock dash E. <laughs> I was like, is that like a sport that's common in the P state? No, jock dash Y. Jock like. Yeah, jock like. Jock, 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 jock like. All of those guys listened to every single word each other said. They were hyping each other up so much. It's one of those things where it's like, if your friend Jimmy jumped off a bridge, would Tommy do it too? The answer is always yes. Yes. Yes, they would. All the time. I know something like when men do bad things, it's never like by themselves. Yeah, There's always, always another man that's the accomplice. <laughs> I'm just like, ugh. yeah. Women, women have women have the audacity to fuck up by themselves. Men fuck up with men other men. Men will do it, and then it's just like, <laughs> I and like when the man makes the decision on his own, it's also awful. So I'm like, where can we rectify this issue? That's what we should ask for. And like, even like with my guy friends, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's like dumb, dumber, and dumbest in a circle. Like, they'll come to you about a situation, and I'll give them the most heartfelt, womanly, motherly advice ever that could change their lives. And they're like, eh, maybe. They go to the boys, and the boys are like, maybe you should, like, tell her about it, or, like, communicate, or, like, I don't know, like, figure it out. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> and I have to actually take a deep breath, and I'm like, there's no use wasting my time. And I gave you all this heartfelt advice on exactly what to do and say. And you took, just talk to her as the writer. Okay. Maybe, like, say something. You just think about it for, like, an hour and, like, see what you want to do. And they're like, whoa. It's literally, like, the brain cells clacking together. And I'm, I watch it happen, yeah. and I'm just like, you guys really think that, like. I should be behind glass. Behind, literally. And also, that was me, but I don't care. And also, I feel like Vanderpump Rules is a great indica indicator of this as well. Because... In their couples, like, especially in the earlier seasons when it was, like, Kristen, Tom, Tom, Katie, Jax, um, Stassi, whatever. They were all really loyal in their couples. And then they would have a guy's night in Vegas. And every single one of them would cheat. Every single one of them. No, and it literally happens on Love Island. Like, when they were in Casa More, I'm not going to spoil it. But like, one of the boys did something. And the woman confronts him once she gets back to the villa. And he was like, well, they made me do it. You are 27 Sammy, years old. I watched that part. Um, I'm talking about oh. um, Leah's guy, Montel. 
Yeah. Oh, Literally, Montel, or I'm not going to say the person. The person was like, I love the girl that like, I have like back in the villa. Like, I'm not going to do anything crazy. The boys literally said to him, they're like, yo, this is a lad's vacation. Like, you got to kiss a bad ting. He goes, he literally gets up from the conversation, walks over, kisses the girl, and comes back and was like, I did it. <laughs> and then the girl's like, you cheated on me. And he was like, but the boys told me to do it. Do you have a spine? Now, I actually said, I had to rewind. I was like, there's no way he just said that as his excuse. Like, that was it. Yeah. And then to make it worse, he was like, to say I'm sorry because I embarrassed you, I'm going to embarrass myself. And goes up to the terrace and yells, like, I disrespected my girlfriend. Like, I'm so sorry. Okay, you just made it. Now you're even more embarrassing. Yeah. Like, that is so funny. And then, same thing in Casa Amor. This one guy was told by the ringleader to literally The tie, ringleader. Literally, we all know it's Ty. To be like, go kiss that one girl. He did, came back, said, I kiss it. And then he was like, go kiss that other girl. He kissed like three girls in one night, all because Ty told him to, a little puppet bastard. Because Ty knows he's going to win. And he's making all the guys like misbehave. Like He, he knew once it hit Casa Amor, if he didn't settle down, he wasn't going to win. That's why he acted crazy the first half, like a bad boy. Cost him more, suddenly he's reformed, and now he's perfect. And perfect is such a strong word. Mm-hmm. But if you'll notice, he literally says in the show, he'll be like, I really changed guys. Like, she's changing me. I feel it. Like, we get it. You don't have to expel it out for us. Like, we see it happening. And just, ugh, you're going to win so bad. If they get back together, they're going to break up the first week they get out of the house. Yeah. Out of the villa. Um, uh, guys. guys. That's how Sarah always... <laughs> Guys, <laughs> guys, we're done. We love you. As always, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you got your podcasts. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Crying in Public. That's Sydney. I'm Sarah. Good night. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.